Grab your favorite snack, pick who you want to sit next to, and get comfortable. We're about to have a conversation here, continuing off of a lot of stuff that we'd already spoken about this week, but it's important because this shit is getting ridiculous. So, you know, we hope that you have the time and you have your best snack with you. We're looking forward to hearing from you too, but we're going to get this started. So today we're talking about strange fruit. Why are we doing that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there's strange fruit everywhere because black and brown people and groups are underrepresented and supported. Black and brown people are not happy about it and they have a lot to say, right? Early this week, as I just mentioned, we spoke about why Black and brown people could care less about that drama happening in the Ukraine and why we should be more focused on what's going on right here, right now. And instead of criticizing and stigmatizing the immigrants, we should figure out why they are fleeing and how to resolve that. We know what is happening in Florida, including the attack on the climate movement. Jeez, I mean, really? which is wrong, but did we know, did they know, sorry, that we black and brown people, we're tired of being whitewashed and tokenized because in truth and in fact, the climate movement, we are really underrepresented and supported. And that's crazy because, you know, (laughs) black and brown people are more likely to live in low income communities. They're closer to industrial facilities that release toxic emissions. And according, a report by the NAACP and the Clean Air Task Force, Blacks are 38% more likely to be exposed to air pollutants than whites. Latinos in the U.S. are more likely than non-Latino whites to experience heat waves, (laughs) powerful hurricanes, sea level rise, and floods, according to the Environmental Protection Agency. And let's not forget that Latinx workers represent a large part of the outdoor occupation workforce. They work a lot in agriculture and construction jobs. Black people breathe in particulate matter, what the fuck is that, which includes diesel exhaust chemicals, which are 56% more present in their communities than others because of where they live. Air pollution has been linked to changes in the brain, which could lead to people exhibiting more aggressive and violent behavior. This part here is coming from the University of Minnesota. Feel free to look me up if you doubt me. And according from 2021, from a 2021 Pew Research Center survey for the Latinx community, climate change is not just a global distant concern. About 7 in 10 Latinx adults, about 71% say climate change Um, has affected their local community, at least some, uh, a higher share than non-Latinx adults, right? And a a following survey from that just goes into how, you know, what we should have learned from COVID-19. Watching these students being forced to go home and the struggle that came with that, because for many Black and Brown communities, that technology leap was not that easy. 
some households did not have access and could not afford digital tools such as computers, portable um, devices, and a lot of times these schools were turned into shelters during the extreme storm and even for quarantine which led to the schools being slammed with a lot of damage and causing children to miss out on school. All these things impact climate change in the black and brown community. And we're not hearing about that. But meanwhile, we're seeing Ron DeSantis throwing mud at the climate change movement, one within which we are very underrepresented. So I see Manny and I see three-fifths join on. I'm going to pause for a cause now. And I'm, I'm going to ask you, Manny, let's start. What do we want to start here? I'll just pick it. We spoke about Ron DeSantis and his conservative bullshit, which we all know is not, you know, exclusive to the Republican Party. This is something happening in the Republican and Democratic Party. And it's dangerous because now he's, he's making fun of the climate change movement, people, Manny. What the fuck? Talk to us, Manny. I mean, yeah, you said it right there. Like, come on, really? <laughs> I, like, you know, I, I feel as though these people, right, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, et cetera, et cetera, right, when they feel like they've come after all the people uh, that they, in their mind, should go after, right, and then people get bored of listening to them go after those people. It's like, oh, well, who can I go after next? And Ron DeSantis' great idea was, oh, let me go after probably one of the most peaceful groups of people in the United States. Like, they quite literally mind their business. They stay so far away from, like, regular, ordinary people drama, right? I mean, climate activists, you know, again, I'm going to speak from my experience, right? Climate activists have, like, the most benevolent hearts. God, like, God bless them. They, they really do. I mean, they care more about, you know, the environment and trees and, and like, pollinators, you know, like bees, than they do about politicians like Ron DeSantis and you know other republican and rather republican democrat independent politicians alike right they they don't they don't focus on that they really don't their sole concern is the planet the environment and how can we make it better and here goes ron DeSantis, and he wants to pick a fight with these people right he wants to just start just trashing them and it's like what did they ever do to you they, they have steered clear out of the way of politics, right? Except for, you know, when they go and make demands like policy changes. That's the most you'll see, right? I mean, they, they stay away from that stuff. And here goes Ron DeSantis, feeling all powerful, you know, uh, that he does. And he's like, okay, let me pick a fight with the people i mean and and like you said right because i'm over here and i'm trying i'm cracking up because we were talking about this these people if they get an argument like a confrontation with ron versus saving a bee they'll save that damn bee and these people are like they're harmless i mean even when they have their rallies and protests what do they do manny they lie down right <laughs> they lay on the floor 
Listen, it's like I've I've been part of climate protests, right? And unlike other protests that you see, right, where like people are yelling, they're I mean the posters are there, they're like ready to, you know, hop fences and stuff, right? If they need to. These again, benevolent, good hearted climate activists. I remember the first time I protest and they were like, Okay, everyone lie down on the ground and I was like, What? I was like, Wait, <laughs> what? What are we doing? And they call it a die in. I was like, just about to say because they have their little names for things. Like this is real yeah. shit, people. This is real shit. Like they're they're very, you know, coordinated and they're you know and, and you know, I, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. If you think they're gonna invite you to dinner and you're hungry, make that stop at Wendy's first if you need to. Trust me. Because they'll feed you grass and they'll be like, isn't this great? Isn't that scrumptious? You know how many trees we just saved? And I mean, listen, I'm pro-environment. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't come for me. The joke is, is that this is how they, they are. Like, they're harmless. They're really harmless. I see three-fifths in the room. Three-fifths, what do you think about Ron DeSantis attacking the climate movement? It's not DeSantis. DeSantis is pandering to his base. It's his base that has that ideology. So he's just feeding them. It's like, for example, the, the auto workers are on strike. <clears throat> Negro Tim Scott got on and said, you know what? They just want uh, you know uh, more days off and this. He said, do what Reagan did. And finally, he did the, um, the, the uh, tropical quota. And then he had to pull back with that because half of that base was in his district. So that's what it is. They're, they're, they're patterning, you know, to, to their, to their I, I call him a cult. And by the way, if you read the history of Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis was a military officer. He did waterboarding at, at a, a, a Guatemo, up in Guatemo. He did, he did water um, boarding to the, to the prisoners in there. Exactly. Exactly. But why would he, in your opinion, three-fifths, why would he pick to attack these harmless people? What's What's the real motive there? Because again, he'll get the votes from that base. It's the base that that, that wants it. You know, I, I saw a thing one time. This guy in West Virginia, man. I, I don't. I don't want no government insurance, man. I don't want none of that stuff. You know that that old that Obamacare. I don't want it. I just want government insurance, not Obamacare. Well, he said Obamacare is government insurance. He says it is. These are the people that's uneducated. Those are the people that vote against their interests, but they vote. And that's what they pander to. They pander to those type of people. Absolutely. So now I'm going to get dangerous with it. Because here's the thing, right? I feel like black and brown people, right, particularly the black community, we ignore the reason why we should be vested in climate change. I'm going to go to Manny now. Manny, because the Latinx community has a history with climate change, don't they? Right? There's there's some serious history there. It's in your veins. You want to tell us why that is? Did we lose Manny? Manny, are you still uh, there? There you go. There you go. I'm back. <laughs> oh, he's back. Okay. This this New Haven <laughs> internet on a rainy day, y'all. It's it's yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, right. It's okay. Something. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just saying, right? And I'm I'm looking at you because 
you know, the Latinx community is very involved in climate change because the basis of our conversation here is that we as black and brown people, we're underrepresented in this movement, but yet we are so involved. So I'm looking at you. Can you tell us about the involvement of your community in climate change, meaning the Latinx community? What what does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, um, for, oh, I would hope, you know, people know that with climate change, uh, we see such an increase in natural disasters, right? Uh, That being earthquakes, tornadoes, droughts, hurricanes, you know, tsunamis, all that type of stuff, right? Now, the Hispanic, when we're talking about locations, right? Places like Puerto Rico, like Cuba, like Dominican Republic, right? Mexico, right? That, um, are largely surrounded by these really big bodies of water, right? Um, We've seen that with the increasing trend of climate change getting worse, so too does the severity and the frequency of these natural disasters like hurricanes, right? So I'm sure, you know, at one point or another, you've seen the fact, you know, that in the past, I would say, let's focus on the past five years, right? The amount of hurricanes that have hit, uh, I'll say, for example, because I'm Puerto Rican, Puerto Rico, right? And just absolutely devastation, right? Every single time a hurricane hits Puerto Rico. Um, And it seems like, you know, the island can barely get itself back together before another one comes and destroys, you know, everything. So... You know, us being, um, us, you know, again, I'm referring to specifically to Puerto Rico at this point, um, being the recipients of these dramatic effects of climate change, right? And, and having to deal with the devastation that ensues, right? As climate change gets worse, we know, you know, that this is something we need to address because it's killing people, it's destroying homes. It's disrupting, you know, the economy on the island. It's, uh, it's creating even more disparities of, you know, resources and, and, and what's uh, able to be done on the island, right? So, I mean, it's just it's destroying life as, as they know it on the, on the island, right? So then that's why you see we're more, way more vocal about it, right? It's because, listen, okay, maybe people in the Midwest you know, maybe North Dakota and Colorado and, and places like that. They're like, eh, you know, climate change, whatever. It's, it's you know, it doesn't really affect us too much. But when you're on, on an island in the middle of the ocean and you are getting hit by hurricane after hurricane after hurricane and these extreme bouts of heat, you know, 120 degrees, 115 degrees, right, without the temperature breaking for long periods of time. Yeah, it's serious, right? And and you become vocal about it and you try to convince others, like, listen, just because you guys aren't facing the same effects don't mean that it isn't something to be serious about, right? Exactly. So that's why that's why you see. Exactly, because the Latinx community is very, very present in this fight. So now, three-fifths, my question to you now is, why aren't black people or are they about climate change? Why 
that's a couple of things. <clears throat> First of all, you're 100% right. If you go back to the famous Chico Mendez, the rubber farm, they, they murdered him in the Amazon. And if you trace climate change activists, most of them were Latinos. So, you know, you're, you're correct with that. In fact, I think, uh, yeah, activists just got killed 10 years ago. Jose uh, Rubio de Silva. They, they killed him because he talked about climate change. Now, to get to this, the question, when I was in college in 71, my friend was part of Greenpeace. If you go back, that was the first, and, and he tried to get us to come in. I would go to the meetings, and I found an interesting thing. But blacks didn't want to be bothered with that because they thought, like, oh, that's not for our people. But what they don't realize is climate change is for our people. I remember you talked about asthma. That's why in this country, if you notice somewhere, they have asthma zones now. They got maps, and they show you the asthma. And if you notice, that's the worst place where the climate changes are happening because it's changing the air and stuff. But black folk that I know, oh, that's white people's thing, man. You know, I, I don't get mixed up with that. This is during the early 70s. I learned a lot from Greenpeace. I didn't join, but I, I just go to the meetings and stuff. But you're right. Our people don't look at it. As, as part of us, but we suffer the most with climate change. Climate change also affects black and Latino farmers. It, it affects them. Right, and it affects the small business owners, right? Because when you think about it, right, let, let's look at the downtown areas. The black and Latinx business owners, the small business owners, due to the high cost rents, they tend to get the spaces that are the worst, the slum of the slums, you know, and not just in terms of their business, too, in that sense, but also as homeowners. We get zoned out, man. We get gentrified and segregated and we don't see it. And I wonder if we got more active in climate change and support those who are who are black and brown, right, who are climate change leaders. What would happen, you think, three Well, see, the thing of it is, again, they, a lot of us. They don't, they don't look at it as being part of a movement. That's not part of the black movement. That's not civil rights. You know, but Huey P. Newton would agree with that. Would, he, would Huey P. Newton agree with that statement? He would not like to hear that. Of course. But you see, again, that's, we go back. That's the people of the 60s. We don't have that anymore. We got, we got, we got money, no conscience. We got that now. You know, and, and, and that's back during the 60s we had that. You know, he, people were shocked because Huey P. Newton was for gay rights. He wrote a piece about it. If you look it up, he, wrote, he, he, he made a speech about it and stuff. But he said that's their struggle, too. You see, again, our people, you know, the, the, that's why I said Brother Manny is the one. That's the age group that we focus on. But wait a minute now. Pause right there. Pause right there at three fifths before I go to Manny. Can you explain to him why? Because he is part of Gen Z. They call them the Gen Z, right? Yeah, Gen Z. Why is that so important to you as someone who is older, myself included, right? You are, Gen Z is really critical. Can you tell him why and how impactful these conversations are to us? Because Gen Z is, is Malcolm said it in one of his speeches. It would be the young college students and the young people that would get us out of this rut. And the reason why Malcolm said that, I just remember a white girl came up to him in college and said, what can you do for me? He said, nothing. And, he, and in his book, he wrote that I didn't mean to do that to her, but the brothers were standing with me. I didn't want to think I was weak. But she's right. It's the younger people. And that's what I look upon. 
Every time I look at the Ed Pettigrew's Grizz Mark, you got Jesse Jackson, different people. Our seniors are out there with canes. Where, where are the young people at? You know, I, eventually I might wind up with a cane. So for me, that's why I said we need the younger, the younger generation next, what you want to call it. We need that. It's needed, especially now. Especially now it's needed. Yeah, because we're not going to last forever. And COVID-19, in my opinion, we saw how important, because I don't know if people realize how many young people, the Gen Z people, right, Manny's age group, how many of them, they went from being teenagers to head of household. Why? Because they had to pick up a shift. They had to help out more. They had to keep it together. So we cannot ignore their voice in the room. If anything, they actually are the ones right now really leading that climate change movement that Ron DeSantis is trying to destroy, right? So in saying that, Manny, my question to you is, can you tell us what it's like as a young Latinx Gen Z freedom fighter, what's it like in the climate movement space? And what do you feel needs to be improved so that you and, and others from Gen Z could get more active and lift your voice? Yeah, so, you know, uh, being in the, the, the climate field, the climate activism field, um, I've noticed pretty much the same thing that I've noticed being in any other field as a young person, right? It's where, because of our age, right, um, whatever we say, even if it's hardcore, blatant in your face data, right? Numbers, percentage, statistics, right? That we present uh, to reinforce what we're saying right to get our points across even with that our arguments our perspectives and our, our our statements right are if not just blatantly ignored and downplayed right uh because we're viewed through this lens of our age right uh, and so what could we possibly know? What could we possibly uh, understand about the world and policies and, and, and you know, the ecosystem and et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, these are things I've literally heard said about, you know, the movement and, and young people's involvement in the movement. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's hard. It's difficult, right? Because... Yes, yeah, so many of us are truly passionate about it, right? Like we we understand that we are going to be the generation, right, to inherit, you know, this planet in the coming decades, right? And also knowing, right, what the science says that in just the near few decades, right, 20, 30 years, which when we're talking about a lifetime is relatively around the corner, the planet will be so much worse, right? And yet we are the ones who are supposed to grow up, have families, have children in that world, right? So we so we understand this. These are things we talk about with each other that we try to get the message out, right? And why we're so passionate to you know try and, and and regulate things as much as possible now right 
But again, we're overlooked, we're downplayed, we're just dismissed, right? Because what could 17, 18, 19, 20, you know, college student, year olds, uh, even high school age, right? What could we know about climate change and the ecosystem and the environment? I'm glad that you said that, that because I was going to follow up and say to you, right? Because I know this from speaking to my own child, right? Who's in your age, your, your generation, generation Z, right? And it's like, I'm going to ask you this. I have my answer to it. Would you say that climate change is a conversation that's happening in your group? Is it a, is it a concern? And where does it rank in comparison to things like police brutality and other matters? Oh, it's right there with it. It's uh, yeah. So yes, <laughs> definitely talked about in in my age group, and two, yeah, it's right there with talking about racism, talking about police brutality. Yeah, absolutely. And can you give people a full picture here, and describe to them as best as possible when you say it's being discussed? Can you give us a general idea? Give us the room. Who's in the room? Are these folks who are, you know, rich white kids? Are these, you know, Latinx kids who are, you know, all about the environment or black kids who are all about the environment? Are these athletes? Give us a general sense. When these conversations happen, how does it occur? Yeah. So I'll give you a perfect example. Um, back in, um, was it July or, or maybe early August when we had that ridiculous heat wave? right that that came over us um and i was i was uh i had went to my friend's house um which is right here in new hallville um and you know i i went over and it was i think it was like 95 degrees right uh and that was like the low it was gonna get 99 <laughs> later on and we're there and we're complaining about the heat because we wanted to go out. We wanted to, you know, go somewhere. We're like, it's way too hot. And so we're sitting in the room. And as we're complaining about the heat, actually, uh, one of our friends who she is um, African-American, she's a she runs track. She's an athlete. Um, and she was like, you know, she's you know why it's hot, right? And you know, everyone's like, "Oh, why?" She's like, "It's climate change." She's like, "People think it's fake, but it's real." And 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 we all sat there like, "Yeah, no, you're right. You're definitely right about that." We we're like, "Yeah, it, fair point. Fair point. It's climate change." Um, and then and, and someone else had commented. It was um, one of our male friends. He's um, Ecuadorian, and. He was like, he's like, you know, he's I just get it gets me so mad when people think climate change is fake because how do you explain this heat, right? <laughs> he's he was so mad. You could like he was actually mad about it. And I love that you bring this up because you know, in my house, and my answer to your question is yes, it does. And what I think my generation and above needs to realize, listen to what they say. Right. Because in my house, if I leave a light on, right, and I'm not in the room, the person who will tell me first is my daughter. 
and she's Manny's age. She's 18. Okay, they watch. They're watching. In fact, I'll tell you what, when we were preparing her for college and I was looking into different things, one of the key things she wanted me to do was ensure like Cree Electronics were environmentally sustainable, meaning she didn't want anything that drew too much power. She was very specific. And I think three-fifths, we're doing a terrible job of including them in these conversations. What do you think? And what do you think people like, I'm gonna drop some names just for you, me and you, brother. What do you think people like, I don't know, Fidel Castro, Dolores Huerta, I don't know, you you don't know them people, right? What do you think they'll say? You know the climate change? I think I think uh, if Fidel would have did, <laughs> he would have spoke about it. He would, he would have spoke about it. I think most people would have spoke on it. They would have spoke. See, remember the first, excuse me, the first climate change movement started in the seventies with Greenpeace. Uh, there's a couple of more more um, organizations, and then it like it like dropped out. That's why you know you don't hear Greenpeace anymore. Then it picked up because what? You know, like uh, Manny said, you said the, the new generation picked it up and they began to see it. I think Leonardo DiCaprio even did a movie about it, but. You know, I, I think they will speak on it. It's, it's important. It, it is an important thing. I was reading an article the other day. The Christmas trees, the pine ones, if you ch it's, 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 a, it's, it's a natural disinfectant and air, air sanitizer for the air. They start taking those trees down, they wind up with storms, all type of stuff going on. Yeah, the blood of the earth. Climate well, this is the thing. So how do you feel, James Baldwin? What would James Baldwin say? watching how we, the older generation, are interacting with Manny and, you know, that generation's thoughts and, and you know, feelings on this topic here, climate change, because James was all about it too, right? And I don't think he'll be happy to know that we're so separate from the young people, because he was all about encouraging the youth as well. Yes. I think, I, hey, I think the first, there's a piece where James Baldwin said, if the movement is for everyone, we join. And even Dr. King had a little philosophy like that in a couple of pieces. If the movement's for everyone, we want it. If, if we don't take care of this climate change, ain't going to be no type of movement, no type of civil rights. There's not, it's not. There's not going to be anything. This is, a, this is really, it is an important issue. And this is what my friend back in 71 tried to get to, get these, get to the black folks. Now, you know, you know, them white boys, this and this, man, them, them, them hippies and stuff. He said, look what they're trying to tell you. Look what I'm trying to tell you. And look today. Look today. But that's also why they came at the Black Panthers like that. Because the Panthers were trying to educate the Black community on these matters. Because remember, folks, well, you know, we were not being educated on this shit. You just hit the home run. Wait for you to hit say that. Who do you think is anti-climate change? The corporations. Look at, look at. Uh, what's his name? That idiot, uh, Joe Manchin. West Virginia wants to bring back the old coal mines. You know the coal mines and use coal. Who wants to use coal? That stuff's polluting the air. But they want to bring it back. Look at Biden in Alaska, where he allowed the drilling. That's climate change because you're drilling through the earth. So it's the corporations that are behind this too. I forgot to mention that also. That that's probably who DeSantis is getting his money from. Correct. Correct. And I bet you know why I chose the song by the late, great Billie Holiday, huh? 
strange fruit because we have some strange fruit falling all over the place, don't we, Ed? Wanna... Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> some of the fruit look like me and you, but they ain't falling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's right, because I don't think people understand what that song meant, did they? Or do they even know? No. 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 They didn't know. They didn't know about, about uh, Alabama that John Coltrane did for the four girls that got bombed in the church. And he made that recording. See, again, the people that DeSantis has, those are uneducated voters. The corporations are stuffing up the money they're putting money in. I listened to one of my shows today, and not to go off track, and one of the professors made a good good uh, analysis. He said he's willing to bet, and he said he might be wrong, Joe Biden will not run, nor will Trump. He says they're going to have to find somebody. He said if they try to pull Camilla Harris in, what's going to happen is they're going to go and say, listen, your numbers is just as worse as his. So they, they, they predict this what he says. He said I could be wrong. He said by the time the convention comes, Joe Biden is going to drop out. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask as well you and Manny, going over the last few presidents, which one would you say actually paid attention to climate change? I feel like this is one of those topics that come up and it just disappears. Starting with you three fifths, what do you think and Manny? Right. Well, uh, Kennedy had a little, a little, a little thing that climate change. That's why his son is the way he is when it comes to that's. You know, he's more of an environmentalist. The Kennedy son, the one that's supposed to be running for president. But his his, his father was, was, a, was an environmentalist too. And he, he he gave a little light on that. I didn't see anything in the Obama administration about it. I didn't I didn't read anything. But I think the Kennedys was, was one of the ones. I know that Reagan took a lot of stuff away. He was more deadly. In fact, Reagan was more deadly than DeSantis and Trump. He took a lot of stuff away. What do you think, Manny? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to take into account that during the pres each presidency, you know, climate change was at different levels, right? So, to to really weigh on who did what and and when, it's like okay. <laughs> at the different levels that climate change was was increasing, I think I'm going to focus on um, the Obama administration. Uh, now, the Obama administration under Obama, right? Uh, carbon emissions had decreased nine percent. Now, I know that seems like a really small percentage, but just in in reality. <laughs> 9% is a lot when we talk about carbon emissions, okay? Um, and so, you know, it's... And, and, that, and that's between 2008 2015, and 2015, right? Um, we then... He then focused on, you know, electricity with wind and solar, you know, sources, right? Um... And there was more of an increase in uh, in wind generated electricity, um, probably around like fifty five thousand. Um, the the 
unit is the megawatts, right? Um, and then, you know, 2008, when we talk about U.S. oil imports, right at a high around 11,000. Um, and then by 2015, you know, dropped to, you know, 4,000, right? So, you know, he, he focused on cutting carbon pollution, right? Um, he, he established... Um, one of the first ever national carbon pollution standards for power plants, right? Which, for anyone who knows about the climate uh, climate activism industry, power plants are the largest source of carbon pollution in our um, country, right? So he introduced the Clean Power Plan, um, you know, where he wanted to cut carbon pollution from those plants. Uh, by 32% from 2005 to um, 2030, right? Um, and, and again, for people who don't know the effects of specifically power plant carbon pollution, right? It was causing thousands of premature deaths and tens of thousands of childhood asthma attacks, Right. Um, if anyone wants to look this up, I mean, literally just go to, this is coming from the national archives, right? Um, so, you know, so he, he definitely, you know, listened to the fact that climate change was definitely kind of on this turning point for the worst. And he, he did what he could, you know, to really slow it down and, and tackle it. Facts. So now the next question I have for you both, and Manny, you could kick it off, is in terms of climate change, what's what's going on between the corporations and climate change? Where do they fall in terms of the Republicans, the conservatives, all of that? Well, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to echo something that Three-Fifths said, right, is the fact that a lot of the Republican uh, politicians uh, on a nationwide level, right? Uh, understand that their voters, right? Their constituents who vote for them are all, I'm not going to say, I would, you know, I'm not going to do a blanket uh, assumption and say uh, every single person, but the vast majority, <laughs> right, of those constituents uh, do align with the belief that climate change either one isn't real at all or two it's nowhere near as bad as you know scientists and other people are saying right so with that that now puts these politicians to do things like again like three said like ron DeSantis, uh is to on a public stage right in the public eye start to downplay and dismiss climate change because they know that they're going to get the support of their constituents, right? They're going to be able to get voted for again. Um, and then how does that then help these corporations, right? Well, um, you know, when these politicians go to Congress, right? We're talking about Congress, we've got senators and, and, and congressmen and women, um, and they start to introduce policies, right, to 
cut better deals with power plant um you know companies with uh those coal mining companies right with the um distribution companies who bring you know in the oil imports and and, and um you know use those really large tank uh those tanker uh ships right the container ships um with all the pollution that comes from them right uh you get all these and then you know the, the airplanes right and, and developing more airports um so you know they make these deals with all those different companies right those manufacturing companies uh which again the companies get richer they get to keep their business they don't get to have so many limits and restrictions and regulations that they have to follow right making sure they don't pass a certain percentage of pollution right they get to just keep going 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 making all this money so yeah the, how i see the conservative or the republican politician right is he's the middleman between the companies making more money and the um really the the, the sustenance right of these really conservative constituents right this this belief really sustaining the belief and concept that climate change either one it's real or you know that it's not as bad as other people are putting it what you think about that three fifths <laughs> he, he, he took everything i was going to say <laughs> he's right it's the, it's the, right what? for real he hit it on every nail <laughs> what is there to say after that damn because yeah. the corporations the corporations pay the politicians or the lobbyists you know and then <laughs> they pan into the crowd the lost sheep there they eat the grain and they vote for a fool like that this is what they do you know <laughs> that's what they do he, he said it all he said it all he did and in that in saying that, right, and saying all of that, which was great, Manny, thank you so much. But then now, starting with you through first, how do we get our people to see this and do something? And do they need do they need to? I mean, should they? It's we start like Elijah Muhammad when we talk. We start with the believer. And that's how you build. And sometimes you have to, they have they have to see what's going on. You know, maybe with a family member. With you know, they have to see in front what's going on. This climate change is going is going to affect them very, very much. It's going to affect our people, black and brown. And what's the old saying? When white folks have a cold, we have a pneumonia. And it's gonna it's gonna affect them. Just the other day, I was looking at a thing, right? All this talk about electric cars and this and that. This German guy said, if you made every car in America electric, it won't work. The guy said, why? There's not enough charging ports. There are more people in charging ports that you can put up. You know, there are more there are more uh, uh, charging ports that you can put up. There's not enough for people, so you might be sitting in a charging port for six hours just to get your car charged. But again, it's profit. Who pushes it? The corporations. Of course, because you know it's all about maintaining that that wealth gap, right? So, Manny, what do you think? Can we get our people involved, and what do we need to do to do that? Yeah, so, again, echoing what 
briefest and right starts with the believers. Um, just like how I mentioned it last time, right starts with those people who aren't afraid to step out and be like, all right, listen, <laughs> I, you all need to pay attention, right? Here's what's happening. Lay it out for them, right? When it's laid out, then to start motivating, inspiring others, right? Once, once they start to see, um, and thus goes the chain effect, right? Of chain of change. Um, but you know how, how I do it, right. Is when statements like that, you know, happen, right. When we're in those really crazy heat waves and, uh, or just, you know, those, the storms happen, right. We have these tropical storms and then it's crazy. And people are like, wow, this is so bad, right? This is terrible. I was like, that's the moment right there for me. Like, yeah, you want to know why? <laughs> Do you want to know why? Climate change, right? <laughs> and then, you know, uh, and explain to them, like, no, seriously, you know, some people today, oh, yeah, haha, very funny, Manny. I'm like, ha, very funny. No, I'm serious. <laughs> like, actually, this, this is the effect of climate change. This isn't supposed to happen. This isn't normal. Right, this this weather that we're getting—that's no, this is not supposed to happen. Why are we in September, right, and still having eighty and ninety degree days? That's not supposed to happen, right? Uh, and you know, and, and I tell people, I'm like, listen, can, let me just ask you a random question: When's the the last time you actually remember a beautiful white Christmas? Right, snow everywhere, snow on the trees and stuff. I don't. I don't, my birthday is December 27th, right? When I was growing up, right, as a little kid, there, it was snow, right? There'd be snow around my birthday. It got to about, I'd say about six, seven years ago. I'll never forget it. On my birthday, it was crystal blue skies, sunny, and it was like 77 degrees. And I was like, this isn't supposed to happen. It's not, I mean, winter is not becoming winter anymore. And I, you know, I point this out to people, right? And I'm like, I mean, it's to say that it's something you can't notice, right? Is you would have to purposely and intentionally try to come up with some excuse other than climate change as to why this is the way it is, right? And so it's educating them, it's pointing out the very blatant facts, right, that everyone can see. Um, and then, you know, going through and, and really, this too, really dispelling so many misconceptions, right? So many of the lies and the misconceptions that are spread about it. That's so very important. You're so right. You are so, so, so right. You know, what's your message to lawmakers, three-fifths? What do you want them to do? And what, what should they be doing? Do what we the people are elected to do. We, we represent us. Close. <laughs> That's right. Because this is important to us, right? That's why I like, I like the politicians like in Wisconsin, different things. They go to the farms and have meetings in the barn with their constituents. And they ask them, how do you want us to vote? And whatever the constituents tell them, that's what they vote. Not these here, though. Not these here. Not at all. And so my follow-up question to that is, 
Do you find that, the, well, we are, I think we agree. I know I find it to be the climate movement is whitewashed. That needs to be said out loud. What do you think needs to happen? I think more of our people have to see what, is, what, what this is doing to them. Here it is. It's, it's fall. It's 63 degrees. They already predicted that the winter we had last year is going to be the same thing here. Maybe snow one or two times. So I was thinking on CNN across the country. The people that do the snow shoveling stuff, they're holding off now so they don't get stuck like they got last year. They have to wake up. That is they so crazy. They have to see it. Like, how could you not realize, like, right now, I'm sitting here, we're doing this, and I'm hearing people barbecuing outside. You all don't find this shit weird? <laughs> like, really? I mean, I get spending time with family and community, but you all don't find this shit strange? <laughs> I say they need to start showing up. Like when you see these different events happening, I need my black and brown people to start showing up. Sign that petition, right? Attend that meeting, find out what they're talking about. And then if you don't agree with it or you have your opinion or want to do something, then do it. What do you Wait, because you asked two questions. So I'm <laughs> look on what? <laughs> on all of it. And, you know, I'm asking, you know, how can we get our people more involved and why should they be? So it is a two-question piece. I'm saying you should be because, like he just said, look at what's happening right now. This is not normal. Right. And what's predicted to come. So in black and brown communities, which are highly impacted both by where we live at, where we go to school at, and where we work at, how should they, you know, give some recommendations? How can they get involved and why? Yeah. So, um, right, I mean, I, I think what's already been said, but, you know, um, people, I mean, again, you, you have to, you really have to try to stop coming up with excuses other than acknowledging the fact that it is climate change. Just bottom line. You you can't be like, oh, well, it's just an off year. I can't, oh my God, the monetize, I've heard that, right? It's just an off year. No, 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 no. Stop coming up with any other excuse other than the fact that you just have to acknowledge it's climate change. This is happening. It's real. It's been happening. It's getting worse. So acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. That's the most basic, you know, first step that you have to do. And then once you acknowledge it, right, then it's okay. Now you need to, you know, like you said, right, go and sign those petitions. Go and make your, you know, uh, join your voice with the voices that are already speaking up about climate change, right? And, and again, I always acknowledge the fact that some people, you know, don't like the public eye. You know, they're not going to be on the front line and stuff. That's absolutely okay because there's so many climate activist uh, campaigns and movements where they're making phone calls, where you're writing letters to, you know, legislators, right? Um, where you're leaving a voicemail, you know, you're making a social media post, right? There's so many other ways to get involved, right, with the climate movement. Um, 
but it's the fact that you just we can we simply as human beings we cannot afford to sit here and continue to remain and force ourselves to remain oblivious to the fact that climate change is here it's getting worse right and if not for you right if not for you then for your children your grandchildren but it affects us manny yeah. right like we're the ones most impacted so we need to get involved and we can't just say oh they left us out and it's whitewash here's how you in my opinion you make it more about us show up there like you just said i love that you brought up you know the the virtual side of climate change because it's true they don't always go and stand outside power plants and that there's a lead up to that which includes all these petitions and letters so there's different ways so at your comfort level you could really get involved but we cannot say our voice is not being heard if we are not amplified you know amplifying our voices that's not how that goes right the latinx community historically has been very very involved in clim the climate change movement you cannot ignore that and by extension so have we the black people don't forget, we come from an ancestry that we were very vested in the earth, right? We're very vested. This is where we come from. This is what we protect. We grew up on that. So just so you know, in case you didn't know, by you not being involved in the climate change movement, and when I say that, don't don't get in your own way and say, oh my God, she said movement. I got to go do this. And do. No, 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 no. What I say, what I'm saying is, Every bit counts. Like he just laid it out for you. He just laid it out for you. He talked about the letters. He talked about, you know, the online petitions, the meetings that happen. A lot of this is virtual, really and truly. In comparison to the in-person stuff, most of the climate movement action is virtual because it has a lot to do. They, you know, they're addressing the laws, as Three Fifths pointed out earlier. It's very important because they have to address like all, you know, the air pollution and, you know, all the different things that come with that, even including, you know, the studies into asthma. They have to say something about that because these things are getting ignored and we're the ones getting affected. So if you want to raise your voice in that, you need to get up, Google it, find a group, figure out what they're writing for. It's as easy as that. Go on social media, see who's talking about it. You know, check out what they're talking about. We have this, our friend over, um, Tanea Taylor in Hartford. She's doing a lot of climate change work, right? She's out there in Hartford. NAG, the Nonprofit Accountability Group, they're very vested in that. Black and Brown United in Action. We have people that are right here on, on right now who are vested in climate change. So if you don't know, reach out and find out how. But just like you like to sit there with your friend and talk about other people's business, you need to start talking about this shit too. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, before I get ignorant. <laughs> oh, look, Manny just dropped another one. Adrian Hook with the New Haven Climate Movement. I apologize if I mispronounce your name. It wasn't intentional. Um, but before we close out, three-fifths, what's your closing thoughts on Ron DeSantis, climate change, and why we black and brown people must get. Like I said, Ron DeSantis, as was the saying, it's it's he who pays the piper pays the tune. The corporations pay him. He panders to the crowd. The lawsuit like it. 
and they put him in. That, that's all I can say. <laughs> the lost sheep, the uneducated voter. The uneducated voter, but what can the black and you know we have to talk about it, right? We can't. That part out. As far as black folk, again, we got. They have to wake up to this. It affects them wholeheartedly. Look, look at the emergency rooms. Look at the number, as you know yourself, the asthma cases that start going up and stuff. You know, and not just asthma. How about allergies that go up? I saw something too. I read there. This allergist doctor said it's not from the grass and stuff. It's the pollution of the air. And it's not just the pollution of the air, right? Climate change is closer to your house than you think. It's that slumlord who refuses to clean up outside or to take care of the mold in your ceiling or the rodents and other people who don't pay rent that live in your damn house. So climate change is in your house, whether you want to say those words or not. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we need to normalize these conversations, just like we talk about all these celebrities and what we're doing, what they're doing, sorry, like the gentleman said the other night. We got to talk about what we're doing, too, right? It's Stop getting mad. Of the police brutality movement. Yes. Black and Latino movement. Yes. It's, it's a part of education, it's all of it. Listen, people, he's not wrong. Climate change is is a part of more things than you think. But you have to think about it to know about it. You know what I'm saying? Manny, before we close out, what's some closing thoughts? On right. Um, you know, the message is there's always going to be people like Ron DeSantis um, who are going to be that middle person uh, between the big corporate entities making more money at the expense of human lives and at the expense of uh, the quality of life that every human being has on this planet and the uh, sustaining the concepts and the beliefs that um, continue to poison society. Uh, they're always going to be there. Uh, it's about being aware and conscious uh, and knowing how to identify them, right? Um, and in regards to the Hispanic and African-American community getting involved again it's it's acknowledging the fact that the environment uh, that we live in the our planet's condition today and in recent years uh it's not normal it's not normal it's not the way it's supposed to be we have to stop making excuses for it acknowledge it for what it is um and like i you know like i out mind there's so many ways for you to get involved right um and so all it takes is for you to find at what level of involvement is comfortable for you but i promise you every single level is as effective as the next right um and so my message my final message is um uh, you know if not for you i know for me that my personal stake in the climate change movement is I want my children, my grandchildren, and so many other children and the generations that are not yet here to know what a beautiful winter looks like, to know, you know, that on a nice sunny summer 
beach day, it's not going to be a sweltering heat, right? That it'll be beautiful, right? I want them to know the beautiful planet that we have um, and, and know that it's safe, right? Uh, so my personal stake is making sure that their planet that they inherit uh, is one that is so, so beautiful, right? And they get to experience the best quality of it. You know, this is why, like, every time he speaks, is like a mic drop, right? You're hearing it from the younger voice, right? People, we need to get up and stand up. Wake up. It's happening. It's here. And as been talked about, you know, even if you want to ignore climate change, climate change is happening right in your house, right? When you see that the city um, doesn't pick up your trash and all that trash lays out over there, when they start ripping down those trees, when they don't fix those streets, all of that is relative. All those weird wires hanging all over the place, that landlord who doesn't want to fix the stairwell or doesn't give a crap about what your yard looked like, all of that actually falls under climate change, believe it or not. That's part of the movement. So as mentioned, you know, if you're worried about having to do too much or not, you not know how, reach out, right? There's different ways to get involved. As Manny said to your comfort level, as 3FF pointed out, we have to hold these lawmakers accountable. You were put in office to do this, right? We didn't put you there because you was cute and we were bored. Don't forget that. There's a lot that goes into your ballot. Don't forget that. And you know we're going to come back and talk more about all of this. I cannot thank Manny and Three-Fifths enough for you know coming on and sharing your thoughts. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. And for all who continue to share, subscribe, and support, empower, and encourage us, thank you so much. We can't do what we do without you. We'll be at the front lines, and we always have room for you all. So that's all for now. Enjoy the rest of your rainy Saturday. Fist up, smile on. See